Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Grand Rapids, Michigan is John Gardner. John is an attorney at Bodman PLC. And today we're going to be talking about non-compete agreements, which was something he addressed in the uh, April issue of Compliance and Ethics Professional Magazine. John, first, thanks for taking time away from your day to talk to us. Hello, and thank you for the opportunity. Great to be here. Great to have you, and uh, I won't, in the spirit of the subject, prevent you from doing podcasts with other people on the subject. I appreciate that, and I will, uh, I will likewise, in turn, uh, not, not seek to prohibit you from doing the, the same. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the FTC, as you wrote, uh, proposed a rule banning non-compete agreements. Uh, it's been a hot topic. It's been all over the news. Uh, for some parts of the country where states have banned these agreements, it's nothing new, but for others, it could be substantial change. Have these agreements been pretty straightforward, you know, in terms of what they defined as competing or not, or were there subtleties in terms of what could be considered competitive? Great question. The answer is a little bit convoluted, but I'll try and just jump right to it. Each state prior to the FTC's proposal uh, at the beginning of this calendar year uh, has handled it um, on an individual state basis. So what we've had is more or less a checkerboard across the country. Um, the general consensus for those states that allow non-competes, uh, again, subject to the pending uh, ban, is that the, the agreement itself has to be uh, legitimate uh, as to geographic scope, radius, and seek to protect the legitimate competitive business interest. That's a legalistic way of saying there has to be a tie-in um, to some sort of um, period of time, uh, radius from a, a location or, or business um, opportunity, and it has to specifically seek to, um, to, to withhold uh, artificial competition or unfair competition rather than suppress um, a, a, uh, an ability of a worker to, to seek uh, gainful employment elsewhere. Uh, and so there are some antitrust um, components um, to, to this, and there always have been, um, and what the FTC has latched on to is the idea that um, this this uh, arena, these non-competes, may uh, present the form of unfair competition, uh, that employers are using them as a sword, not a shield. Uh, and as such, uh, the FTC is uh, proposing and seeking to ban across the country with very limited exceptions. So great question. Um, that's about as short an answer as I can give. Um, but uh, it, it is... Um, an interesting area and one that's obviously developing very rapidly here this year. Now, what prompted this activity by the FTC? You know, there was the famous story of the sandwich chain uh, barring its employees for making sandwiches elsewhere. Was it things like that or was there something else going on? Great question. I think we're all uh, somewhat familiar with, uh, you know, perhaps egregious uh, examples of employers using um, non-competes um, impermissibly by impermissibly by state law, um, such as uh, in the, the Jimmy John sandwich case that you referenced. There are other cases uh, that similarly led to a state uh, a state uh, court um, excising certain portions of the entire non-compete. But I think uh, there's been a political uh, migration towards uh, this, this initiative. Um, there's been a state-by-state -state change, um, certain states gravitating towards either uh, prohibiting non-competes or requiring garden leave or seeking non-competes only in limited uh, situations, um, seeking to impose an income threshold or, or the like. 
Um, the day prior to the FTC's uh, proposal, uh, so January 4th, there was one of what has become fairly um, regular uh, press releases where the FTC took action uh, against certain employers um, whom they believed were working in concert um, to suppress uh, the employee's ability um, to seek gainful employment elsewhere, uh, again, using the non-compete as a sword rather than a shield. Um, and in doing so, um, it, it, it is, you know, again, tantamount in the FTC's view to unfair competition uh, or antitrust uh, or, or anti-poaching, uh, all of which are impermissible. Um, and so with, with the press release the day prior, uh, and, and subsequent press releases, what the FTC has really highlighted is um, the idea that certain sectors and certain uh, employees uh, are not able to uh, freely seek uh, employment elsewhere, whether it's because of a non-compete. Um, so on February 16th, when the FTC had its forum, um, they had representatives of various sectors, uh, a home health aid uh, in particular, a rural emergency room physician, um, a logistics uh, company, uh, all of whom uh, in their own way indicated that non-competes in their sector um, forced them to stay with an employer or prohibited them from working uh, or living uh, in the area that they had chosen to, to work and live. Um, and so what the FTC's proposal uh, encompasses is the idea that non-competes other than in the sale of a business um, are impermissible and fairly um, uh, interfere with uh, free competition. They're impediments, um, they're, they're swords, and what they're really being used to do uh, is to keep workers um, from, from going elsewhere, uh, suppressing wages, uh, suppressing um, fair competition, um, and that uh, there are certain uh, agreements, while not non-competes specifically, uh, that the FTC has also said are impermissible. Uh, so to the extent that a non-solicit, uh, which would otherwise be permissible, um, contains, is so broad uh, that it would keep an employee out of a sector, um, those are uh, not permitted. And similarly, if there's a, uh, a significant training cost, uh, third-party training cost component, those are also impermissible. Uh, so great question, um, but the, the prompt I think has been long in the coming, although uh, the, the press release and the, the public uh, notice and comment period have been fairly short given um, what a significant change this represents. Now, what, uh... Let's talk about something related, which is non-disclosure and non-disparagement agreements. Are they affected by this? Great question, Adam. So the short answer is uh, no effect. Uh, the, the longer answer for your compliance professional audience is uh, that if a non-disclosure agreement is really masking as a non-compete, uh, then that will be treated as impermissible under the proposed ban. So what the FTC has said uh, is that if a non-disclosure is written so broadly, that it effectively precludes a worker from working in the same field after the conclusion of the worker's employment, that that will be treated as impermissible. Um, it will not be made illegal uh, as proponents and advocates of the ban have, have requested. Uh, there's been some 25,000 uh, public comments filed. Um, and as you can imagine, it really uh, cuts both ways. Um, but uh, most recently, uh, a collection of 50 unions uh, and various um, associations have asked that a non-disclosure um, that is so broad uh, that it effectively becomes a non-compete be banned. Uh, and then I think as an add-on, uh, recently the National Labor Relations Board, um, which uh, is, is not uh, obviously the FTC, issued a decision, uh, the McLaren-McComb decision, that said non-disparagement uh, and or um, confidentiality clauses in severance agreements are impermissible. Um, so while the FTC is not taking action, 
uh, as to a non-disparagement, uh, the NLRB is in certain instances involving non-management or executive level employees. So as compliance professionals, uh, plenty of opportunities uh, and a lot of um, job security for us as we navigate this uh, potential minefield. Yeah, that it will be. Now, along those lines, in anticipation of the rule taking effect, what should organizations be doing? I mean, do they need to notify existing employees, uh, do anything different when hiring other than, of course, not handing over uh, a non-compete agreement for the new employee to sign? Great question. I think there's, you know, multiple uh, different approaches. Um, I would quickly eliminate the, the do nothing, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind uh, in that, if uh, the public comment period uh, that ended yesterday, the second public comment period, is not further extended um, under the notice and rule making uh, provisions as, as applicable, uh, we could have uh, this rule take effect as soon as uh, Q4 of this year with a 45-day window to come into compliance. So I don't think a watchful waiting approach or at least an ignorance is bliss approach is appropriate, um, nor do I think that we need to completely eliminate non-competes at this early stage. Uh, this is ripe for judicial intervention, as a lot of um, federal administrative agency uh, proposals have, have become le recently and, and over the um, uh, long run. What I think uh, we ought to do as compliance professionals is look, uh, uh, you know, dust off the non-competes that we have. Um, I know it's not as simple as dropping a footnote, but at least um, if we're instituting prospective uh, non-compete agreements now, I would at least reference uh, as long as compliant uh, with state and federal law is applicable. Uh, it could even reference specifically the FTC's uh, proposal in that um, your employees are certainly aware of this. Um, anyone with Google uh, or like uh, is aware of this. Um, it is not effective yet, but obviously it's on the radar. Um, and I would also uh, take into account the need uh, for on an employee by employee or, or better yet uh, on a position level basis for a non-compete, right? So to the extent um, that we don't want to be the Jimmy Johns, uh, so to speak, of, of this arena, um, you, you probably don't need or want a non-compete for all employees, um, but you may want a non-compete for certain employees, um, uh, outside sales, um, your, your C-suite executives, um, to, to look uh, at specifically targeted and narrowly targeted non-competes or um, uh, non-solicits. Again, non-solicits not being part of the ban uh, so long as they're not a non-compete in disguise. Um, and then the other thing I would look at uh, obviously is staying current um, in that many states uh, may seek to uh, make uh, proactive changes um, to the extent that the FTC proposal goes into effect and is immediately enjoined by um, various uh, federal circuits, uh, perhaps the fifth, um, as we've seen uh, with other um, things of, of uh, a similar orientation. Now, it's inevitable uh, that someone's going to try and cheat and find a way around this rule. What should compliance and HR teams be looking out for? Absolutely. So in terms of uh, proactively addressing it, um, we're going to have a number of things. We're going to have uh, employers that, um, if the, the ban goes into effect, are going to, as we've discussed, are going to use a non-solicit or a, a training repayment requirement um, to operate as a non-compete. Um, that is not permissible, says the FTC, and I think that will be um, ripe for review uh, if if the uh, application is not enjoined uh, by a, a circuit court. Um, I think the other thing we're going to see uh, is employees uh, indicating, I, I don't and won't and don't need to sign anything, right? And so I think an educational component uh, is always important. Obviously, we're in a relatively, uh, depending on um, the, the area, a relatively tight uh, state and federally uh, uh, labor market, state and federal labor market. So 
Um, I think there is an education component um, now and in the future here, which is this is not a non-compete. This is a non-solicit. This is permissible. This is what this uh, says and in line with what the FTC uh, has done. Um, and so I think in terms of uh, trying to cheat the system, um, the, the best advice is, as we know, in the compliance arena, uh, to use uh, whatever the outcome is as the floor. Um, obviously, we can increase uh, to a different ceiling, uh, but at a minimum, we need to make sure that we're complying with the floor. Uh, and I think, um, you know, cheating or cute ways to avoid it, uh, like a non-solicit that um, bans an employee uh, from his or her chosen profession, th those are not going to work. And I think those are going to be ripe for uh, judicial intervention against an employer. So um, that would be my advice. And obviously, it, it is a bit of a moving target. Um, in that uh, we, we have the 180-day um, uh, run-up now um, and a potential judicial intervention. But never a bad time to uh, take a look, and um, we've, we've got some time now, um, but uh, certainly um, important to, to be on it. Well, John, thank you for sharing these insights with us. I find it sort of fascinating, both from a personal and a compliance perspective. Uh, I've had friends who have been put in awkward situations because of these. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Chertoltaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.